Hey guys, welcome back to the Parrot Connection Podcast here with PILT. Today you're with Schuler, Nate, Ryan, and Kaylee. And today's topic is going to be about Ouija boards and Divic boxes. We're going to talk about the origin a little bit, you know, where they started and why, and different uses that they kind of bring to the table for paranormal investigators and normal, quote-unquote, people alike. And talk a little bit about, you know, different effects that they might bring. Also different uses, I guess, and possibly different religions and other good stuff that uh, they kind of find themselves involved in. So today's podcast, I think, is going to be pretty interesting because we kind of have our own little experiences. Not too many, but enough to kind of talk about and bring to the table. So let's go ahead and dive in with some Ouija boards and Dimmick boxes. Nate, I'm going to start with you today. We're going to talk about Ouija boards starting off. <laughs> you ready? I guess. <laughs> so excited. You know what? I can just jump over to Kaylee then. Because what? Y- yeah, we're going to jump with you, Kaylee. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Today's podcast is our finale episode. We, um, we are in the month of May right now, and we will not be starting up our podcast until November of 2019, because as some of you may know, we are still a active paranormal team, so we'll be taking the rest of May onward into November until it gets too cold here in the state of Indiana to do paranormal investigations. So anyways, let's start with Ouija boards. Kaylee, when you hear and you think about Ouija boards, what comes to your mind? Let's start with the basic questions. Well, obviously it's used for spiritual communication. Um, I've only ever heard bad things about it. So I'm kind of more on the, on that spectrum at the time, at the moment. I don't know. I'd be really apprehensive about using one, um, to the point where I wouldn't want to be in the actual building when it's being used. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I respect that. So I just, I feel like, I know there's diff, like there's various ways to like communicate with spirits. I, I don't know how safe this one is, just because I don't really know much about it. Yeah. So, and I don't know if I really want to try it. <laughs> it's just a game. It's just a game. There we go. Let's jump to I Ryan. Am, yeah. It is really intriguing that you can buy it like at a game store or yeah. like at the game aisle. Like it's treated like a game when, like I feel like there's been so many like things that have occurred that mm. feels like why hasn't someone banned this already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So. At the same time, it's like, why hasn't it been banned? Like, is it just because people, you know, like the things that people bring up, like, aren't founded in facts? Because yeah. scientifically, we can't necessarily prove it, and so therefore, like, they're just going to keep selling it. Yeah. Or it makes if money. like, I yeah. don't know. So, or like, if all the stories you hear just aren't true. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I know there's definitely like fake ones out there because yeah. you know there are people out there who have videos like you know like if it's teenagers like doing a video mm-hmm. um they might freak out or you know like someone gets possessed but you don't really yeah. know unless you're there and you know the people like you have no like proof that it's a it's prank real. prank mm-hmm. video or really yeah yeah what about you ryan you know you kind of jumped in with kaylee there it's just a game is that all you think about a ouija board You think it has any I think connection? It's just more for fun. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it does, but I think it's just more for the fun and the thrill if you're gonna get something yeah. out of it. 
Do you think realistically, though, you could use the, the Ouija board as a conduit to connect with spirits? Or do you think it's literally just a game? Like, it, it can't work at all in any way or form. I think it's, I mean, I think it's possible that it could work. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest thing is, how do you, like, the thing that I don't get about it is you're all touching the little... Planchet. Is that what it's called? That's what they call the little it. mouse thing. Yeah. <laughs> the little mouse <laughs> I'm thing. I'm going to call it a mouse for the sake of this podcast because it basically moves like a mouse. Yeah. Like, I, since I've never actually used one, how do you know, like... Do you want to use one tonight? You're cute. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it's just like, how do you, how do you know a spirit's moving it? Like... Yeah. Well, you asking that question, Kaylee... There's a theory, and I've been pronouncing it wrong for the longest time, but I know what I'm trying to talk about. It's called the etiometer, etiomotor effect. There it is. The etiomotor effect. And it's where multiple people are touching the planchet, a.k.a. the mouse thing. And one person or both people or whoever all is touching it, their minds take over their physical motor effects. And your hands move automatically subconsciously because you're thinking about it so much. It just kind of happens. So you're moving it without meaning to, but it's actually you moving it. That is a scientific theory, and it's been proven by some people. However, if you're going to have the planchet move on its own, there's no magnet, no string, and it just like flies off the board. Okay, maybe that wasn't fake. But like you said, you have to be there. You have to know the people. You have to know the environment. You got to know it's not fake. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Nate, what about you? Jump on this real quick. What do you think about Ouija boards? I think they are interesting only because when I was younger, we weren't allowed to touch them or have anything to do with them. And then now it's like, there really isn't anything that I'm worried about with them. Yeah. But I guess you can make it become something that it's not, I guess. Yeah. But I've never actually... Well, no, I take that back. I was around when it was being used, but not, like, I didn't physically use it. Like, you weren't a part of the situation. You were just kind of around when it was happening. Yeah, but it was, like, when I was in, like, middle school. Gotcha. Was it at a party? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, like... A religious sacrifice? No, it was, like, their parents had one or something, and... But their parents, huh? Bible school? No, it wasn't Bible school. (laughs) I don't think they have Ouija boards at a Bible school. They don't. That's that's sacrilege, Ryan. But the name, but the name, I know the (laughs) name is made up. The name is made up. Ouija board. Yeah, but it's actually pronounced Ouija. Ouija, yeah. For the longest time, I thought it came from the two words "yes" and "yes" from French and German. But you said something else, didn't you, Nate? I'm trying to look it up right now to see, like... I mean, we... Means yes. Yeah. But... And then job. There's, like, there wow. was uh, a group of people and I think I was reading 1890, that were playing with the board and asked what Ouija meant, and it said good luck. Good luck. Huh. So they're different, like things speculation about like what it actually means yeah and, where it came from yeah that it was just mm-hmm. kind of you make what i was reading is you make up what you think it means hmm. 
I got gotcha. you. Uh, Wikipedia mentions that it's also known as like a spirit board or a talking board. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard That's that. That's what they would call it before it was mm-hmm. called Ouija. Yeah, Ouija. Elijah Bond and um, brought his commercial introduction to businessmen. Because originally it wasn't William Fold. That's not what it says here. Really? Again, it's Wikipedia. I can't. Originally, it started where they would put a pencil through a piece of paper or like a board. And you wouldn't be able to see down on to the piece of paper laying on the table, and you, the, each person would hold like oh, you draw one side, something? and they would move, and then it would eventually draw something on the paper. Oh, that'd be intriguing. But I guess that's a little bit huh. different, because that's not... That's kind of like psychic art. Yeah. Oh, have we used a Ouija board on investigations? If you want to, we can try it. I mean, have we? Have we have I will tell you with the Monroe house. I've never done it right. I don't know. What about the they have a room with them in it. Oh, yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah, you don't have to do anything with them, but yeah. Sorry, we're now having a conversation. We're going down a rabbit hole. But that, but ha- okay. that happens. It's, it's good. It's good. So, yeah, like Nate's talking about, there's a location we've done called the Monroe Mystery House. We've talked about it. And they have a room that has Ouija boards in it, and then there's also a Ouija board table mm-hmm. that is in there too for uh, investigators to utilize, which we did not, and to this date, we've not uh, used Ouija boards before as a tool or method or conduit during an investigation. Fun so, fact, according to Wikipedia, uh, one of the first mentions of um, the automatic writing method, as it says, mm-hmm. um, used in the Ouija board is found in China around 1100 AD during the Song Dynasty. It goes that far back. The meth- like That's just one of the first mentions of mm. something that's basically like a talking board. Okay. The method was known as Fuji planchet or planchet writing. Um, the use of, the, of planchet writing as an ostensible means of necromancy and communion with the spirit world continued and blah blah blah. Hmm. <laughs> Until it was forbidden in the Qing Dynasty. Starts with a Q. I'm not sure how they pronounce that. It's okay. Q-I-N-G. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking up the history of the uh, Ouija boards along with you. And I'm, I'm currently on Wikipedia, which I know isn't the best resource, but it can be at sometimes. And for the longest time, I've always taken William Fold as the originator of the Ouija board. But I'm seeing the name um, Elijah Bond, like you were talking about, which was... Uh, he brought that in first in the eight, in 1890, and uh, yeah, it's it was a really big thing for like World War One up and through the Civil World War Two. Yeah, Civil War. Like right yeah. here, it says that it was really popular because you know so many people died. It was known as a, a very well accepted parlor game. Yeah, mm-hmm. people would play it like secretly. Yeah, because it was Especially, still taboo. But well, because in a Christian and Catholic religion, still to these days, it's known to be evil. Yeah. But occultists say that it's obviously you know there's nothing wrong with it because it's just it's a made up thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it was made to be something more than it was. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, it wasn't necessarily a game back in the 1800s. It was more of like actual tool to connect to families during the Civil War. And then over time, it became more commercialized and wasn't taken as seriously anymore. I guess when you think that, but, it, I mean, it's no different than like tarot cards and yeah. 
I mean, psychic readings. Very true. Because, I mean, it's all trying to communicate with something that's been gone. Well, if you think about it, looking back at the history of it, obviously people are going to tell you that it's evil, but the origins of it were not. So it's been brainwashed. Like, I think people were brainwashed to think that it's something more than it is. Yeah, I would still, like, I would be apprehensive. Well, like I'm. But sa- it's like I understand. Well, because we, because remember, I was saying people can make it more than what it is. Like they can't. Just like we watched on that uh, video earlier, where they said that they were going to open up the, like lift the veil. Mm-hmm. So people are mentally wanting that to happen, and they're opening their energy to it. Then it's going to happen. Back to the energy. Yeah, but then if we're just. You know, if you're using it for a good purpose, it's basically your intention. Is that what yeah? You're like I don't yeah, think that intention. it's meant to be anything evil. But there were other ways. I think there are other ways to go about doing the same thing, but not using that. Yeah, I can see that. Ultimately, I I don't believe you need a Ouija board to get the same effect of a Ouija board. It's like you're like you guys are saying intention. If you're gonna sit there in a room and conjure spirits and talk to them and use your energy, I feel like you could still get them to come and communicate with you. You just won't have the board to have the alphabet and the numbers mm-hmm. to have them talk. You're just going to have random things moving around or weird feelings. Yeah. But ultimately, like Nate's saying, I don't feel like Ouija boards are evil either. It's strictly the intention of the person trying mm-hmm. to contact the spirits. And a big example I love to use all the time is the... The Walmart theory, you know, it's, it's like opening up a Walmart to the public. You know, the, the doors are open to anyone to come in. Killers can come in. Families can come in. It's just like with the Ouija board, it's open to anyone unless you know how to close the connection that you're opening. And that's why I think I'm most apprehensive about is like not like being in the same room with one. Yeah. Like when it's not being used, like doesn't bother me. It's just like. I would be afraid we would do it wrong. Oh, when you open the door, who's <laughs> coming know, through? Yeah. We didn't do it right or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I, that's the kind of the boat I'm in. No, I, I totally get that. Yeah, because if if you don't know how to close the door, if you don't know how to keep the the door safe, you don't know who you're going to have come through or what you're going to have come through. And I think that's how and why people have had bad experiences with Ouija boards because they do open a door. And then they don't know what they're doing, you know, and they don't know how to protect themselves or keep whatever it is back. You might contact grandma, but then you have this 18 million year old demon or whatever or whoever, uh, a killer old man from the 1900s. I don't know. You know, Ryan's over there smiling at me. But, you know, I mean, you just just don't know what you're going to have come through. And if you don't know what you're doing, it could lead to something a little dangerous or scary. So, but ultimately, back to what Nate said, it's not the board that's evil, it's... The things that could come through, and you just don't have control over that unless you know what you're doing. Well, because it was, if you look back at like that, I was the article I was reading, which sounds like the one that you saw, and things I've seen in the past. It the board never looked like that mm-hmm. originally. It wasn't. It was commercialized. Yeah, to make it something because they knew that they could sell it, and they're still selling it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they are. Oh, and this jumps into the history a little bit too. William Fold was one of the biggest known names to market and manufacture Ouija boards from the 1890s through the 1920s. 
However, he was not known to have invented the Ouija board. He just kind of took the name and he took what was already made. So Elijah Bond could have been the original creator. It wasn't William Foe. He just kind of took what was there. Mm-hmm. And then he patented the name and made a crap load of money. Which is why now it's a game. A game. Yeah, it's like Monopoly for shoots and ladders. how they came up with the name Ouija? Because mm-hmm. I know you said, like, supposedly someone heard, like, someone tell them what Ouija was, like, via spiritually. I think that was Nate. What I read was in 1890. They were, it was a group playing, I think it was part, it was, uh, uh, who would you say it was? You're talking about William, William Fold, Fold? Or Elijah Bond? Elijah Bond came first, William Fold William came Fold, after. there was a group of people playing it, and I didn't see anything about how they came up with Ouija, it was just the name. Mm-hmm. But he said that they time. asked the board what Ouija meant, and the board said, good luck. Spelled out, good luck. Hmm. In what language? That'd be interesting to know. But then there's another theory. We and ya both mean yes in French and German. Yes. We are. So yes, but, no. Or yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, people pronounce it Ouija or Ouija, but it's we ya for a French yes, yes. French yes and German yes. yes. Yeah. Or Dutch yes. or, you know, other relative languages. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. You know, that that's mm-hmm. kind of what I read. But you guys are right about the super duper way back origin of a quote unquote Ouija board. It was never called a Ouija board. It was just a talking board or spirit board. Also been called a witch board because more so witch doctors and witches would use these wood carved boards to conjure the dead and use for black magic and voodoo. So the history goes. And it was Elijah Bond and William Fold. These guys were the ones that were kind of getting into it and they commercialized it into Ouija. And um, I'm trying to remember, there's an article that I was reading about William Fold. He actually did research with witches. Like, he would actually go there, watch them, and observe them, and learn the, the Ouija board, quote-unquote. And that's where he got the idea. But seeing it as Elijah Bond now, you know, that's kind of what threw me off. Because I never heard that name until today. I'll admit that. that that's kind of different. Have you guys heard about that with either Elijah Bond or William Fold about them, you know, learning about the spirit board before manufacturing as a Ouija no, board? I didn't. No, Yeah. Because like you were saying, Kaylee, it came from the Civil War time when families were dying, widows were grieving, children were grieving, and then that's kind of what they sought out. And then they're like, oh, okay, so we got these, you know, psychic mediums and witches that can talk to the dead using mm-hmm. talking boards. What if we commercialized that, you know? Would be the thought of, like, William or Elijah. And Which then is a like, little sad. It is sad. <laughs> you're, you're making money off of people's sorrow, uh, you know, technically. And um, it was successful. <laughs> it became a very well-known parlor game, and, you know, they made a lot of money. And still to this day, and it's funny because the last I remember Ouija boards being super, like, a big thing was in the 1970s. So after the 1970s, it's like the Ouija boards just kind of died off. You know, 1980s, 1990s, they were still selling them because in, in the 1990s they made a glow-in-the-dark Ouija board. Wow. Yeah. So one of the first mentions of automatic writing method used in the Ouija board is found in China around 1100 AD. Mm-hmm. In yeah. historical documents of the Song Dynasty. Is that what, you did? I did. Sorry, dude. Yeah, she did you read the whole thing? 
I got through to the Fuji part, and then I kind of dwindled off because I got bored. <laughs> At least oh, you're on. Okay. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. But to add on to some of the history with what Nate and Kaylee were talking about earlier, it's like the Ouija board kind of died off from the 70s, and then it didn't get it didn't start to come back until like the 20 teens. Because they've, they've made the movies now, they've made new boards. I mean, it's, it's just blown up. What you got, Ryan? One of the first mentions of the automatic writing. <laughs> All right, you're done. Nate just walked away, he's done. <laughs> Ryan, you be nice. You be, oh my God. <laughs> well, I wonder if... Um, Ryan's bringing comedy to, to the family. What do you think about it, like, in the, in the 2000s, like, you know, in the early millennia yeah. um, of the 2000s, um, how do people refer to that era these days? The 2000s and the 2010 teens? I, yeah, I call it like 2000s teens. and then um, 20 teens or something. <laughs> I, that's when you start seeing all those like ghost shows coming yeah. out. Like the ghost yeah. like investigation shows. And so I think I think that's rising in popularity. Um, you know, yeah. especially with like people getting away from the church and exploring more spiritual type things. Yeah. Um, I feel like that might also contribute to it and plus nowadays with like all the different gadgets we have for like ghost investigations yeah. I think it's opened the Ouija board to back up to be used again that's true yeah that's very true Kaylee yeah cause it's like a 20 year break and you don't hear much about paranormal and then the early cause 2000s in the 90s, you know, it it's like, I mean obviously there was always still war and something terrible going on somewhere yeah. in the world but like it was pretty tame compared to the World War, and yeah. you know, at least in the U.S. Um, well, they they just kind of disconnected spirituality with war, because yeah. like the Civil War up to World War One and even two a little bit. That's when Ouija boards were still a bet and you know a fire thing. Everybody had one, everyone wanted one, and then it's like after the seventies, you know, I mean, even during the seventies, you wouldn't really hear about spirituality that much with mm-hmm. the Vietnam conflict and all that, but. And then, it's probably just like a swinging pendulum, like you know, it goes comes in phases. Like it's like it comes around, it gets fame, like gets popular, mm-hmm. and then like you know, then it dies down, and then it yeah. comes back up. It can revive itself. That's true. Like any kind of phase. Yeah, because I've noticed in the past like three three years or so, they've even started to bring out um, revamped versions of like the 1970s Ouija board and the 1990s Ouija board. They're reselling these discontinued boards in today's age and they just made one in 2010 I think what makes it different uh, just well, different versions different versions mysterious oracle yeah and the, the mystifying oracle or something Myst- mystifying something. something I know what you're talking about yeah I've seen that title before but uh but now it's owned by Parker it was owned by Parker Brothers and now it's owned by Hasbro oh yeah mm-hmm. because William Fold took it over from Elijah Bond from this new article I'm looking at now and then, after William Fold passed away, Parker Brothers took it, and then Hasbro currently has it right now. And they're still making a lot of money off these things. Mm-hmm. Especially in the past, like, ten years. You know, it's kind of just revamped. Everybody wants one again. It may not be because they want to talk to their deceased loved ones. Now people are just doing it to try to get some paranormal activity. And <laughs> I think the one I have for my, my sisters is either 70s or 80s. Okay. Was it original board, Ryan? Or is it, like, a re-released version of the 70s because they no, made one in from it, then it's it is from, it's from yeah it's from that decade okay so it was probably the 1972 edition that, that's that's the one that they uh, used 
That's the one they use in the movie The Exorcist. Yeah, that's a good movie. See, in movies like that, let's let's go to the. Um, I think we talked pretty good about the uh, history of Ouija boards. Of course, like we always talk about, these are opinions. We're just kind of throwing out some information. So, as always, if you guys have some comments, drop it down. You know, correct us, give us some more details and all that fun stuff. But let's kind of jump to the uh, the bad rap Ouija boards get now. You know, we think about Ouija boards, and you think about things like The Exorcist or the movie The Ouija Board or Ouija Board Origins or Demons and other things. Because of these movies, I think that's what gives these boards a bad rap. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, if you, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it all comes back to the brainwashing, yeah. in my opinion, because my stepmom at the, at the time, she would catch, you know, that was put into our head that it was bad. Yeah. But there was never an explanation as to why. And then as you get older, you're like thinking, okay, why was I always told this? Yeah. You know, but I know people can do bad things. Yeah. With it. If you have bad intentions. Bad in- it goes back to intention. Or if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you could just have an accident. But like for someone like Kaylee, who has ability to, like you have ability to see individuals that may not be here. Mm-hmm. Or talk to them. Yeah. You have a stronger ability to say, like, no, I don't want you to bother me. Like, if something That's came true. through that, you have that you have a better Get sense of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's just, like, having that, I think, as long as you have in your head, like, thinking to yourself, nothing bad's going to happen, I don't think anything will, because it's the intention. And it's, like, guarding yourself, too, because I know... I would say, like, the go- I always go back to the ghost adventure, guys. I'm giving, I always give them such a bad rep. It's just, like, anytime they do stuff, like, it's to provoke. And that's why, like, in that scenario, like, I would not be, want to be in that building when they're using Ouija board because yeah. they're intentionally trying to get something. It doesn't matter what. Like, they, we want, they just want it to be as big as possible. They have negative emotions. That, like, if you guys were using yeah. it, I might be in the same room. I probably wouldn't be touching that board just yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's just because I'm I'm nervous around it, and I don't know. Because I, I don't I've never any, I've never witnessed one. I've I don't have never any like. One. I don't have any interest in using one. Yeah. Personally, I don't. Really <laughs> I don't because I feel like there's too many other ways that you can yeah. contact I feel, someone. Seeing it as a tool. As opposed to like something like immediately negative, like itself. Well, you can make your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a method of sitting at a table, holding, putting your finger on a glass mm-hmm. upside down. It makes glass sense, yeah. moving. Ryan is coming back downstairs with a little gift. Oh. What'd you bring us, Ryan? He brought us a present. Ouija board. He brought us a real life Ouija board. Look at that. Look at So. He brought down his Ouija board. I don't know what the new version looks like. No. Oh, so is, is this like the 70s version, or is this like an antique one you found? No, this is, I think, the 70s, because it has the I, Parker Brothers at the bottom. Yeah, I don't see a date on that. Yeah, because if it was the 60s version, it would have William Fold down here. The new one isn't, Salem Mass. The new one isn't this board. Yeah. No, it's material. not. It's like cardboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, because, you know, it's not as... Yeah. It, it itself is not this scary thing because it's not like it's possessed or anything it's like because I've, I've gone to places like do tarot readings and I've been through that and 
like I don't think there's anything wrong with that, so why should there be anything wrong with Ouija boards? No, Ouija boards are just like any other object. They can have attachments, I, but I feel the like board some, itself yeah. is not evil. But if you use the board and you're like, spirit, connect yourself to this board so you can stay around and we can communicate, then it can connect just as if you have a crystal or a rock or a piece of paper that somebody bled on. I mean, if you if it connects, if a spirit can connect to anything, that item will be possessed. You know, it could be potentially haunted, but mm-hmm. the board itself is it's not made to be like that. It's just like any other object. Mm-hmm. It really is. But, uh, but yeah, it looks like this version is the 1972. The 60s would only have William Fold's name on it. But the Parker Brothers came out with a different edition. They kept his name on there. But it's still interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to Ouija boards, I've had a couple experiences with them. I own five of them now. Dang. Yeah, I like How'd I, that happen? I like to collect. Oh, how cute. Yeah, thank you. I have a original board, a, uh, a William Fold one, with just his name only on it, and that's from the 60s. Um, I have the 72 version. I have two, uh, two 72s. One doesn't have William Fold's name on it. That's the newer one. And then one has uh, Parker Brothers and William Fold's on there. So I, I guess they didn't come out the same year. I don't know my dates on it, but I know those are three different editions. They look the same. They have the same theme. But the names and the placement of who created them are in different places. So that's interesting. And then I have the glow-in-the-dark one from the 90s. And I have the newest one that has a plastic planchet that lights up. And the board is like a cardboard. It's not actual wood. (laughs) It's pretty cool. It's it's neat. But, uh, yeah, and and I've played a couple times with them. I've played with my glow-in-the-dark one. I've played with the one from the 60s, the William Fold original. And I've never had any weird experiences. I didn't have any attachments. I didn't get scratched. I didn't have any um, possessions. I didn't have any, you know, weird or negative experiences. The most awkward, weird sensations I guess I had was just playing it in the dark by myself because it was the glowing dark one. And when I played the William Fold one, obviously I played that in dim light. But the, the worst things that happened was just having really weird sensations, I guess. I kind of felt like I was being watched. I felt a little, not threatened, but I felt like someone was coming up, you know, getting in my personal space. But do you think that was in your head? It could have been. It, it could have been sure. the, the, the EDO motor. Just wait till we motor, discuss but. the Digibox. Oh, shush, Ryan. We're not there yet. Uh, I'm sure, bless you. Bless your soul, child. Wow, thank you. You're very welcome. That was quite a blessing. I, I try to keep everyone safe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ryan will have plenty to say when we get to the Divic boxes, but we're not there yet, Ryan, so... You just hold all that good content you have. <laughs> Divic boxes, we may not have as much because we don't have as many experiences. And it's kind of, I don't know. Ouija boards and Divic boxes, they, they kind of go hand in hand, but they kind of don't, I guess. But I don't know. Um, my Ouija board experiences wasn't all that like scary or bad, but they were weird. And like Nate was asking me, could have been in my head? Of course it could have been. You know, I was younger for one. I wasn't as, you know... Um, up and up with uh, paranormal stuff so it, it could have been in my head and I was just creeped out but I've never had anything happen no planchets flying off the board no scratches what about you Nate have you had any personal I think we already asked you that didn't we? Yeah. no Kaylee you've never jumped on it at all because you never wanted to which is totally fine nope okay and Ryan did you ever play with your sister with this board or any friends college college and what were your experiences like nothing nothing at all no weird sensations no nothing 
Oh, well, dang. That kind of sucks. Went to places where people got killed. Oh, okay. And still nothing? Still nothing. Oh. Now, I'd be impressed if, say, like, that board was sitting there and then it started moving by itself. I'm like, no, that's legit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because right. no one's touching it. Yeah. No human hands have been touching it. And we're actually doing a no-no right now with the Ouija board. We we have the planchet sitting on top, and that is a superstition that you should not ever do. Just Why? keep the planchet on. Because it is a possible open doorway sigil. Let's see if it works. Like it's allowing the board to stay open because it's connected. More so, it's after you get done playing with the board, you're not supposed to keep it on there. But, you know. So, mm, yeah. Okay. So maybe after the podcast, we, we, we could it. we could play and then see what happens after we uh-huh. leave. Well, no, oh, he believes enough not to try. We're being respectful. Okay. okay, I mean we're we're not calling anybody here to be disrespectful. We're just bring them in. And Kaylee said she's not comfortable. We'll, we'll, we'll so. wait. We'll wait till Kaylee leaves. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and then we'll bring in like demons. Well, and if I don't hear from you guys next week, I know you all died. And then Kaylee gets like a whole <laughs> bunch of money or something. Yeah. Hey, take take on the team and. I was right. <laughs> Make a difference. But yeah, to this day, currently none of us have any scary, creepy Ouija board experiences. And, you know, according to Ryan, he would like to try to take a Ouija board on to an investigation and uh, seriously sit down and try it out. So we might do that, and then we will report back our findings. Well, you two can do that at the Monroe house. Down in the and basement. And and I will do our own thing. We'll go get milkshakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do something. Also, we'll, we'll figure that it out. house just collapses in on itself. <laughs> we like, well, so much for all that. <laughs> and disappears. <laughs> like uh, poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, the little black hole thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Chiller's at it water. again. I do. Holy water, salt, sage. I have anointing oil. We already have sage. Well, we need nope. to get a lot of it because we don't have one. Yeah. Well, you can't burn it in there because there's yeah. fire alarms oh yeah that's true so we'll just have to use water and oil crystals protection crystals yes remember i did buy one is it here yet from etsy now i have a baby crystal it's a little guy i don't know if it's like a protection one or not well dynamite comes in small packages it might be the strongest crystal around okay so we kind of covered the whole ouija board thing for all of our listeners if you have any ouija board experiences or opinions or good information that you'd like to share send us a message or drop a comment so we can kind of add that on because I think we will elaborate a little more in the future on Ouija boards. I don't know about Divic boxes because we haven't really had that much experience with it and they're kind of different, unique in their own way, but Ouija boards are fun. Okay, so anyway, let's jump on to Divic boxes. Let's start with some origin. Personally, I first learned about Divic boxes by watching that movie with uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan in it. You guys remember that movie? No. Oh, you gotta remember the movie. <laughs> you don't know what it is. Well, it's been a while. I've seen it once. But Divic boxes are a demonic cell-holding device, basically. It's a box that can hold a demonic entity and keep it out of this world and not allow it to go anywhere. So. Apparently, it's like, it's not the box itself that's the Divic. It's the thing inside of it that's the Divic. Okay, that's, that's the demon. That's what they call it. It's yeah, Jewish, but isn't it's, it? But it's a there was. I, mean, I know there's a story about like what a divic is, but that's yeah. not. In Jewish mythology, it says a divic is a malicious possessing spirit believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. 
It supposedly leaves the host body once it has accomplished its goal, sometimes after being helped. Hmm. So. I don't know if I'd want to risk so helping So Dybbuk is real. It's just the actual... So Dybbuk, the entity, has been around for a long time, but yes, the box... It's a, Jew, it's, a Jewish entity. it's a Jewish term for a malicious entity. All right. I like that. You guys have helped me out. I've never really got myself involved with Dybbuk boxes until just this year, and... Ryan's, Ryan's got a really good story. You, know, you don't want to tell my story for me, Ryan? I, I'm sure you'd make it sound so much better. Nope, you, you <laughs> Are you sure? Before we go on to my story, the Divic Box, uh, the first time I heard it was obviously in 2012 with the movie that came out called The Possession. That's the one with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And then that's when I started looking into it just a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, a box that can hold a demonic entity and keep everyone safe, supposedly. Well, it's supposed to have a mirror. So you thought it was real after you saw the movie? I was speculative of it. Is that, is that a good word? No. No? <laughs> All right. For me, a Dybbuk box was new in 2012 when I watched the movie The Possession. I was a little intrigued, but I didn't really understand what a Dybbuk box was. I got the whole science behind it that it's supposed to hold a demonic entity. I get now that a Dybbuk is the actual entity. But the box itself is new, according to Nate's little article here. Or your information that you've had all together, right? You have it you know became, what year? I don't remember. You don't remember? It was before 2012. Um, oh, I have to go back a page. So, it it's actually what inspired the 2012 film that you saw, The Possession. Okay. Um, the sale he bought the box at an estate sale in 2001. Yeah, so it's it supposedly good. had it had belonged okay. to a survivor of the Holocaust, and I had watched like it wasn't a documentary because it was like ghost adventures yeah um basically like it was uh, like it was really like the box was really supposed to be like a memory box yeah it wasn't actually supposed to be an evil box it's just like like she put all of her like because of the holocaust she put like all of her negative emotions supposedly into the box which caused like i don't know if it was like it caught supposedly caused her soul to Mm -hmm. be to basically possess the box or something gotcha. because she was just so hateful of what happened like to mm. her during the Holocaust. I mean, obviously this is all hearsay, but well, I understand the theory. Of, that was kind of the just behind this divot box that okay. they auctioned off or they got from the state sale, and that like basically when he got it home, like yeah. killed the mother or did something ridiculous. I'm like, why would you sell that on eBay if yeah. it killed somebody? <laughs> so it's like, is this actually real? So allegedly. This box, the one from 2001, the original quote-unquote Dybbuk box, wasn't really a demonic entity. It was just a really negative, mean old woman that was sadly a victim from the Holocaust. And obviously having her possessions in there and her hair were the things that attached her to that box. And when the person that bought it opened it, it released her spirit that supposedly got caught to it. And she came out and started to attack people, allegedly. That makes sense. But a Dybbuk itself is known to be a negative, nasty possibly a demonic entity yeah. right Nate? it's what we call a demon it's what we call demon but it's, it's a Hebrew. jewish version okay of a demon of yeah. a demon okay and like okay. in when i was reading up on the dybbuk itself from jewish um mythology uh, it was just saying that like it's almost like one of those wives tales where it's like it was something like so simple like as like if you have like an entertaining doubt about Moses crossing the Red Sea, yeah. like it opens your household to a divic possession. Gotcha. Like so, okay. it's one of those things. It's like there's just a lot of things around, like 
around it that like you don't know are true because people say like anything could cause you to be like it's basically just a demon like Nate okay. said it's just like something bad that if you if you get out of line you're going to get possessed yeah kind of thing okay so kind of like the good old folklore tales that help yeah. kids go to bed quote unquote help you can buy one for five hundred dollars on Etsy. Five hundred. You should get one. You buy should get, get the five hundred. Use a credit card. Caution. I posted pictures of the box because I had gotten so many requests for photos. I was the first one got scratched. I want to see the picture. All right. So my story with the Divic box. This is what Ryan's been wanting me to say this entire time. He likes to call me gullible. I like to say that I'm open-minded and I want to learn for myself. As a paranormal investigator, you have to get yourself involved into things that may be real or false. And I bought a quote-unquote Dippick box off of eBay for $32. Like Kaylee's saying, it's an experiment. I wanted to try it out. I wanted to see how real it is. It was waxed up. The box looked like it came from Michael's. It was new, very light, and initially... A Divic box is supposed to have some type of object in there, some type of attachment, you know, something that a spirit can attach itself to. After doing further investigations, research on this box, we opened it and there was nothing in there. It was just a wooden box from Michaels. So that sucked. However, when I first got the box, it was pretty interesting because I was getting signals from the EMF detector. And it turned out, more than likely, it was my Wi-Fi signals. The only thing that threw me off, though, and still to this day, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what the hell happened, was when I tried sending you guys a video of the EMF going off in our group chat, it failed to send. And it wouldn't let me send. And I've never had that issue before. And I had perfect signal. I didn't have any issues with that. But so it wouldn't let me send it. So you had to turn the Wi-Fi off at that point. No, I hadn't done anything to it. Because you didn't know that the EMF reader was reading the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was still on. And you were okay. in the country, right? Kinda, yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, my, I never have issues with that. Even before that, even even now, I haven't had any issues sending video to people. Was it a dark and stormy night? No, no. It, it was actually mildly lukewarm, if we will. I don't know. So I tried resending and it wouldn't do it. So I was like, okay, that's enough for me to be it's like, a it's a demon, yeah. And Ryan was the first one I wanted to tell. <laughs> <laughs> You must believe, Ryan. Because I knew Ryan would believe me, and I knew he would have my back. But anyways, after having a mini freak out, because I'm sorry, I'm not going to take the chance of having a demon run loose in my home. So, so you I, wanted to make it run loose in their home. Yeah, so I, I sent it to Nate and Ryan. Well, before I did, I blessed it. I put anointing oil on it, said a prayer, because that's my belief. That's how I roll. And then... You about probably a, neutralized uh, it. Maybe I did. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> A week later, I gave it to uh, Nate and Ryan, <laughs> let them play with it for a little bit. They didn't have any activity. Uh, then shortly after, you know, Kaylee and I, we came over, we had our meetings that we do, and we opened up the Divic box, and we found nothing in there, and nothing happened. And even to this day, we haven't had anything happen. So again, more than likely, it was the Wi-Fi signals that I captured on EMF. Video, I don't know. Maybe it's just a crappy signal that just happened out nowhere, you know. But go figure. It would happen while having a quote-unquote Divic box. I mean, why didn't it happen? I, I, I'm just trying to it. send you something. Well, you're, was, you're freaking out about so it. So you're saying it could have been my my energy that messed up the video because I was freaking out? Stupidity, I'm guessing. No, it's my spirit. That's <laughs> what it is. It's my spirit, Ryan. Ryan, you have to believe we can save you. It's okay. Oh, it's all right. We're going to save you one of these days. When he's against the wall, what are we going to do for Ryan? Nothing. His he feet are like 10 feet above the ground. <laughs> well, I will yeah, record I it. I want to float. Anyways, my personal Divic box experience was not all that 
enjoyable, I guess. It's kind of sucky. Well, I you want to? the return policy on that box is. Yeah, a bad it's review. It's already in the trash. Yeah. I know. It's been properly disposed well, of. Well, technically, if that guy planned that there should be something in there, mm-hmm. and there wasn't, you could technically go back and be like, hey, fool, there wasn't anything in the box. Well, um, he, he was smart, or she, and there's a little disclaimer at the end that said, that this is not guaranteed to have paranormal activity. Everyone does that when they sell stuff like that, you know, yeah, little, little novelties or whatever. But, I mean, it's something you do. As a paranormal investigator, you go in, you know, trying to see what you can find. If you get something, you do. If you don't, you don't. It's just what you do. As a paranormal investigator, you got to expect it, you know? So, my experience was kind of a bust, but at least you learned. Nate, what about you? Have you had any experiences with Dibbic boxes? Never. Never ever? Nope. Have you done any research other than just recently to look into it? Have you heard any stories from, like, friends? I mean, family? I did more research when I heard you were buying one, but that yeah. was about it. Okay. I don't even want to ask Ryan, but I guess I have to. Ryan, <laughs> what about you and Divic Boxes? No? Kayla, anything for you personally with Divic Boxes? I got nothing. Nothing? I feel like it's just a phenomenon, like a, you know, one of those, how do you say that word? Like, now phenomenons, like, it's not that old. Yeah. So I don't really Urban believe in it. Yeah. I mean, it's scary to think that, like, oh, did this person actually die from having this box? I'm like, yeah. I wasn't there. I don't have the facts. So, like, I can't really say yeah. that. Oh, like, I can't let that scare me because I wasn't there to see it. Exactly. No, no, I totally get that. Yeah, I do. So, with the, uh, let's go with the actual belief of a Dybbuk box being real. You know, the origin of it and the nature of it. Ryan? Fake. If you came in contact with the Dybbuk box... <laughs> How would you react to it? Do you believe that they do work? No. Would you be cautious with it? No. No? Would you open it? Yeah. Would you? Oh my god. Do you like... You're going to get us killed on these things. Well, they had okay. that guy. You can't be He's... scared of it. You have to do it. No, you got to be scared. Well, Go you ahead, know, Kaylee. You know that show that, not Ghost Adventures, but it's the one where it's like his, his like haunted museum of haunted things. Is that? Yeah. yeah in, like, uh, they invited the guy on who had these quote-unquote original Dybbuk box and they made him open it in a basement by himself and he like supposedly like spoke in like some he basically started speaking some like weird verse thing but if you look it up he basically like basically it was a poem he had written like years ago so it was just like promoting himself like really yeah so I mean that episode was really like I mean all of his like museum shows like I just watch it for the heck of it, but like that one just like really irked me. I was just like, I'm this is stupid. I'm yeah. Done. But what about you, Kaylee? Like, if you came in contact with the Dippic box, let's say we go on investigation one time, and the people that have the location, they own this location, they also have a Dippic box on site. How would you react to it? Would you be cautious? Would you believe that it possibly is haunted, or do you think, like Ryan does, it's just more of like a prop, and there's really no real life to it? I mean, I'd probably be, like, cautious for, like, the first hour. Yeah. But, like, when nothing's happening. Yeah. I'd be like, obviously, there's nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for me, it's like, I always, I always, I always stick to the side of caution, because it's like, maybe it's like the what if factor. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things, like, I've heard the stories, but since I never witnessed them for myself, I can't say if it's true or not. 
Um, so I would, I would be cautious, but I wouldn't like, I mean, I wouldn't go and open it or do anything. I would just like continue through the house or wherever I was at investigating. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you would open one, like a legitimate one from like the thirties or you can tell there's age to it and it's been passed down. There are actually more Dybbuk boxes. Like I I feel like it's only that one. Like it's something that was just made from that one family. Literally, yeah. Like you, like I literally have never heard any other story except that one. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I haven't come across any articles or experiences and from so people. And so in my case, it's like, it's not, it's not like, oh, it's Divic boxes. It's, oh, it's like, I, like, what if it's just a box that's possessed? Yeah. Like, it's not an actual thing. It's just a possessed item. A haunted object. Yeah, yeah, I you get know? you. know, and yeah. so like, those can be dealt with, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nate, <laughs> what about you? How do you feel about Divic boxes? Do you believe that they could be real? No. Thing. You don't really think that they're a thing? No. Okay. Well, what if you uh, came in contact one? Would you open it? Yes. Or would you be cautious? Also, you're jumping on the bandwagon with Ryan now. Well, I know that they're not real. So you don't think that there's a possibility of someone taking a box, having something attached to it, and... I mean, it's being possible, like, but Kaylee how said. do you know? You don't. Until you research it, investigate it, and... Get like we did it. with your yeah. plywood well, my plywood. box. <laughs> well, you have to it's go in. You, you have to give it a shot. And at least I only paid $32 instead of $300. You're just a reviewer so that the rest of the population doesn't have to buy one. Exactly. You know, it's just like when we go to an investigation. We do a two and a half hour drive. We waste time and gas to go to a location that's allegedly haunted. And when we go there and we don't get anything for six to eight hours... You're welcome, people. Exactly. You didn't waste the two and a half hours. You didn't stay up all night. Exactly. <laughs> See, Kaylee's making some really good points right now, Nate and Ryan. See, now these these listeners, they don't have to spend $32 on a fake Dybbuk box. That's what we do as paranormal investigators. We help our communities. You're our hero, Schuler. I try. We will be selling our own Dybbuk boxes next year, so if you like to... We'll awesome. be in the pirate pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> I have a local truck stop. <laughs> hey, ours would be cool, though. Or, or Schuler's home. We'll sell them out of your home. Hey, I could do that. I can make, like, a drive-thru. Mm-hmm. I have a carport, and people can just, like, I can make a horseshoe. They drive around. Yes, yeah. fund our adventures by buying our Dybbuk boxes. That'd be great. But see, we can make them really cool. We have, like, a black light inside, have our... Have a neon, like, P-I-L-T logo on top see, of the I Dybbuk box. I at least put something in the box for our poor yeah. buyers. Even if it's just like, like a what, leaf. what about like crystals or something like chicken energy crystals? Too yeah. so much money. Chicken gizzards. No, keeping my crystals. Okay, so chicken gizzards from Ryan. Like chicken heart or something. Or chicken hearts. I just put a leaf in it. Leaf from Kaylee. For me, I, I would put a crystal in there for you guys. What about you, Nate? What would you put in your Divic box? Math. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally I, kidding. I, I hope so. I, I didn't expect that from Nate. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> just so we don't get in trouble by any law enforcement, we're, we're, totally we're, we're playing, but he would put in substitute of meth, flour, or um, powdered sugar. There you go. Yeah. Powdered sugar's good. I like powdered sugar. Cool. At least make it powdered aspirin fish. so it's useful. Yeah, yeah, that can help. Because <laughs> of the headache of them buying. Yeah. We're going down another rabbit hole, and that's all that's right. Fine. Okay. But yeah, for me, a Divic box, I believe that they... I'm going to go with Kaylee on this. I believe a Divic box could be real potentially more so just a haunted object 
I believe it's just another name for a haunted object, and it's become a commercialized item, like today's Ouija board. You know, it's these things could have started out as something way back in the 1700s, 1800s. I believe more in the Ouija board than the Divic box. You believe more in the Ouija board yeah. than the Divic box? Kaylee, you're the same way as Ryan? Ouija boards? Mm-hmm. The Nate? Ouija board or Divic box? What's more possible to be right? Ouija board. Ouija? I have to go with Ouija. Myself. <laughs> well, okay. But, yeah. Yeah. The, you think so? This, there was some comedian. There was one guy who was talking about, it's kind of borderline this but not. But it was like religions and how like, you know, like Scientology isn't technically a religion. He's like, for, for it to be a religion, it's got to be old. It's got to be around <laughs> for a long time. Like, the guy who invented the religion can't be still alive. <laughs> and so it's kind of. In my head, it's jokingly similar to the Ouija board. Like, That's a good it's point. more it's more believable than the Divic box because it's old. It's yeah. been around a lot longer. Yeah, you know? That's very so, true. That's my joking ending closing statement on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I respect it, Kayla. I really do because I mean, you're right. I mean, as so as a comedian, if it's older, I mean, it's more believable to actually have an effect because people have passed it on too for so long. But ultimately, my conclusion on this is Ouija board and Divic boxes in today's society are kind of both the same thing. They're a commercialized item that people in the paranormal communities see, you know, as maybe an item or some type of tool, you know, whether or not you're going to use it to investigate or you're going to use it to try to cleanse an area by connecting to this item and then ultimately destroying it or putting it up in a museum as some people do. I don't know, but it seems like regardless, it's more commercialized now than actually being a uh, delicacy or a taboo activity, I guess. But um, I don't know. If you guys had to, one more good question about both these items. If you had to for an investigation or just to be around it, what would you rather be around, a haunted Ouija board or a haunted Divic box? That's like for sure haunted. Ouija board. Ouija board. What? Why Divic box, Ryan? Why a haunted David box? Because he wanted to be different <laughs> than the Probably. other answers. Probably. That sounds more hardcore than a haunted Ouija board. It does. Yeah, it does sound pretty cool, doesn't it? I, I prefer the more manageable Ouija board. <laughs> manageable? <laughs> I like Airing it. on the side of caution. Nate, why do you prefer a Ouija board than a Divic box? It feels really haunted. Because I believe in those more than the box. Okay, so you're just going with belief on it. Okay, I respect that. I think I would want to have the Divic box because it's this more... This has been around longer. Excuse me, I didn't know you were done. Or you weren't done. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Ouija board has been around longer. Mm-hmm. It sure has. <laughs> what else about it? Is it just because it's been around longer? Because you haven't had any experiences from either, but it's more captivating to you to go with the haunted Ouija board. There's just different versions of how it was used. Yeah. And there's more history with it versus the box. That is true. So you feel like if you had to deal with it, you'd have a better chance of getting rid of it than a Divic box, maybe? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. See, I would go with a Divic box like Ryan, but not just because it sounds hardcore, but because (laughs) the fact that this box initially should have items inside of it, and that's the cause of the haunting. So if you can get rid of those items, whether it's hair, a key, a locket, or the box itself being haunted, because maybe there, there doesn't have to be items inside the box. It could be the box itself. Maybe it was a jewelry box that 
a grandma owned, and the grandchild is the one that's haunting the box, but it meant something to her. And I'm they're... grandma. I'm angry. Yeah, you know. Just, I don't know, but if you could destroy the box and the items, or just the box, I feel like you'd have a better chance of getting rid of the haunting, because you have this one item with everything you need packed into one, and you just destroy it. But I guess you could say the same thing for a Ouija board, but... Mm-hmm. I've heard stories about when you destroy or burn a haunted object, it can come back. So, I don't know. It just depends on uh, what you're dealing with, I guess. So, I think we covered uh, Ouija boards and Divic boxes pretty good. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think it's pretty fun. You guys seem so alive right now. It's such a gloomy day. It's been such a gloomy week. Our our energies, are our, our chakras are just so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did have a really big meal. Nate and Ryan are actually very good at cooking. They're, they're great in the culinary arts. They, uh, they should actually start up a business. And if and when they do, you can contact them at... No. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're done here. Uh, let's see. So, of course, as you guys know, if you want to contact us, get on to a future podcast with us. Drop a comment below. You can send us an email to our Gmail. Type in PILT Paranormal in the Google search bar and you'll be able to find all of our outlets, our website, Instagram, Facebook. But we'll keep doing what we do because we love it and we love to help out our paranormal community and we love to communicate with everybody, living and deceased. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening as always. Stay tuned for our upcoming podcast episodes later on throughout the year. We will talk with you guys and meet up again. And until that time, stay tuned. And stay frosty.